Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Five Easy Things, the podcast. I'm Yolanda Albergati, your host. I am coming at you live from Golden Ox Studios here in Cleveland, Ohio. So glad to have you on this journey where we discover and explore five actionable tips or hacks to help you live your best life. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button and also leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Special orders, curbside parcel pickup, delivery service. If we'd written a book, that would have been the book we wrote. Hi, Kurt from Chuck's Fine Wines, and we have been doing that and more since 1946. Check out the legendary Chagrin Valley destination sometime when you're in the hood. Cheers from Chuck's. Uh, hey, everybody. We're having a good old time here in the studio with Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. <laughs> How are you? Hey. <laughs> so tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how they can reach out to you. Fabulous. So my name is Cheryl Gornero. I am a sustainability consultant. So I work with businesses of various sizes, typically medium-sized businesses, but I have kind of done both ends of the spectrum, worked with startups um, and smaller organizations and also larger corporations in conjunction with what they do internally there as well. Um, So I really help companies take a look at, I guess the easiest way to put it is the, the Financy terms are called triple bottom line. So you're looking at, you know, you're your, not only your profits, but the people that work for you, the community that you impact, um, and your impact on the planet. Uh, so really helping people get strategic in how to make that weave it together to make it a really beautiful synergy. Um, and everybody gets to win, which is amazing. I love that. How can people reach out to you? Um, they can reach me. So I have my website, it's green, her, the color green, H E R earth.com. Uh, and that's the best way to reach me or my email, which is Cheryl with an S S H E R Y L at greenherearth.com. Awesome. All right. So what five things are we going to talk about? Um, well, since my specialty is around what I just talked about, um, I wanted to talk about five things, uh, that, Anybody who uh, is thinking about owning a business, currently owns a business, um, regardless of whether you're a solopreneur or you have a big organization, um, five pretty easy things um, and areas to focus on in order to uh, to make sure that they are making making a doing business better and using it as a force for good for everybody on the planet and the planet included. I love it. That's great. All right. What's number one? Um, So number one is your governance. Um, So that's like a technical term, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's the way you run your company, not just like, Hey, are you an LLC or a corporation? Um, But you know how it looks internally. Uh, And the big piece of that for, I think everybody is how to protect like what you've created 
you know, you've poured your heart and soul into this thing, Mm -hmm. into this passion. And it it is living and breathing (laughs) this beautiful, uh, you know, uh, business that you've created and, uh, you know, taking a look at protecting yourself um, so that as you grow and expand, um, you can make sure that the the mission behind what you're doing, the real like solid why, what's driving you mm-hmm. is it, it remains and it doesn't just get stripped away um, from, from your organization. So that is a huge, um, huge piece of ensuring that uh, you get to continue to create the way you want to. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, take a look at how to preserve that um, moving forward. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is legacy and mission. Yes. That they stay married even after you're gone, right? Which is really yes. important if, if that's if you want to pass that on. I think that's an important thing to consider for sure. All right. Yeah. What's, what's, uh, what's number two? Um, number two is taking a look at Honestly, and I think a lot of us are doing that right now, um, your workers, mm-hmm. your employees, if oh, you have yeah. any. Um, and if, you, if you're if you a solopreneur and you do a lot of work with other um, entrepreneurs or other companies, um, taking a look at not only how you're interacting with them, but also uh, how maybe you're working with a big company, right? Um, and they have a larger you know group of employees. How are they treating their employees? Because really, it's it's our reputation. It's you want to make sure that you are not only working with a company that's going to help you grow and expand, and having employees that are going to help, you know, row that boat in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you also want to make sure that they're a reflection of uh, you and your values mm-hmm. as a, as somebody who's owning a business and owning your own business because. Um, I will say from personal experience, I've parted ways from uh, an organization because I found out some unsavory things that were occurring. And I was like, you know what? Um, That does not sit well with me. And honestly, from a legal perspective, you know, there was always that chance or that risk that I could get sucked into um, something, God forbid, anything happened. (laughs) They were audited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and if you have employees really looking at um, not just, you know, hey, um, do you have enough vacation time or are your health benefits great um, and something that you like, but also taking a look at, you know, are you giving them time and space to volunteer, maybe giving them a day or two or some hours to volunteer? Um, Or honestly, I mean, the statistics are out there now. Um, millennials and Gen Z and everybody really stepping into the workforce, they want a purpose. They want a purpose um, and they want to feel like they belong to something bigger, to that legacy um, and that their time and effort is being well spent. Uh, So sometimes just that in and of itself um, and that appreciation uh, really goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not just keeping it to yourself as you're doing this stuff, including everyone, letting everyone in the company have a voice in some way, shape or form. Uh, you know, I call it leading from every seat. So mm-hmm. it's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing to incorporate and keep in mind for people who are building. Yeah. So two things come to mind for me. One, um, 
your people will treat the customers how you treat them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to remember that as somebody who has employees, how you're treating them. It trickles down into how they treat other people. The other mm-hmm. thing I thought about is my daughters and I were having this conversation um, Sunday about the difference between the way millennials think and the way boomers think. So me being the boomer mom and them the millennial children. Mm-hmm. And although I am definitely a millennial trapped in a boomer's body, <laughs> however, um, we were talking about what life really is all about. And I know that sounds kind of deep, but we kind of have those conversations. And I said to them, the thing that strikes me about millennials is they've figured out something that my generation has not. They have figured out that life is the journey, not the destination, right? So because my generation thinks about the destination, when we retire, when we do, they're, they're this long off destination that they're not they're missing the journey, right? They're not enjoying their lives. They're just going towards this, whatever this is. Whereas millennials are like, no, this is life. This is the journey right here. This is life. And so while I'm doing this life thing, I want it to have meaning, right? Mm-hmm. I want it. And if I'm not getting meaning from my job, I'm not going to stay for the destination of retirement. I'm not doing that. I'm going to find another place where I can <laughs> live my life and have purpose, right? That I mean, I think that's brilliant. And I think if, Boomers would grasp that. They would be a little bit more understanding of the fact that the millennial employee, yes, he will quit. She will quit if they feel like you're not doing what you should to take care of the planet. You know, boomers think that's stupid. Millennials are like, no, because it's my planet (laughs) and I have to live here. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We, uh, I consider myself an elder millennial because I'm 39. So I'm just kind of at the cusp of that. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, there's been studies by Harvard and Yale and Stanford and, um, the writing is on the wall. There's, you know, uh, within three, what's 2022, three years within the next three years, um, a large majority, I think they said around 70 ish percent, 70 to 75% of the workforce will be Gen Z and millennials because Gen Z ranges from being in college now up until their you know, late twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, it, it's, it, they're more willing to, there's 60, I think this, and these are older numbers. So this might even be higher now. Um, but they're about 68 to 70% more likely to forego a pay cut. Like they'll take a pay cut to work for a company that has that purpose and meaning and makes them feel like that. Cause not everybody wants to start their own company, mm-hmm. but they do want to work for a company that they feel like they're contributing to that legacy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if it, they would be willing to take, you know, if you're using hundred thousand dollars, say as a, just a base salary, they're willing to work for a company at, for just $60,000 a year. If they know that that company is really putting their money where their mouth is and just, it's not all lip service. Yeah. They're actually taking the actions to, to, to make this happen. And, and, you know, something I see with companies too, is show it off. Like a lot of people do that hard work um, and they don't uh, incorporate their employees or, or show it off mm-hmm. to the public. Um, you're doing it. So by all means, take the credit. Mm-hmm. Don't just be that, don't, don't just be that hero in silence, you know, uh, show off and be the, the organization that sets that precedent or sets that example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Number three, I think. Uh, number three is your community. So mm. the community you operate in, I mean, as an organization, um, you know, it's physically where if you have a brick and mortar where you're operating out of, it could be somewhere that's just like your city. Um, your community could be a statewide thing. It could be, um, you know, something that's got a direct impact. It could even be a demo, like a, hey, your community is uh, the people that you relate to. So it may not be a ge- geographical, physical community as far as a, a place, and it can always be that, but it also can be your people and your community and how you are giving back to that community as well as your impact. Um, you know, if you're physically there, I know a lot of us, I live in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, we ju- just moved here from New Jersey about two years ago, and it is exploding watching the growth. It's wonderful, but it's also then brings up more questions of how are you handling your impact on the community? How are these companies who have physical locations and are opening up um, offices or plants or places to create more jobs? What's your actual physical impact? Not just, hey, what's going in the water or the air, but, um, you know, how's, uh, you have to take a look at you know, all of a sudden this new building is dropped in the middle of somewhere. Are you gentrifying an area? Mm. Are you potentially pushing out individuals um, based on, um, you know, an income? And uh, how is that taking that into account and being responsible for that and Mm. stepping up um, and, you know, not just waiting for the government, the city or the county or or whoever to kind of make the rules, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but incorporating that into what you're doing and not just, Hey, let's slap up a building here. And that's, that's it. Um, you know, and also just looking at volunteering and, uh, and spending some time in that community and really hearing from the wants and needs of your people. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing. And it could be directly, or it could be indirectly through employees, um, and allowing them that space and time to go volunteer for, for uh, a nonprofit Mm -hmm. and provide that time there for them Um, or just hosting, um, you know, it could be as simple as like, Hey, uh, everybody in the office, can you, we're having a coat drive for the local uh, shelter. Can we, you know, if everyone would be willing to bring in, you know, their gently used coats, we can then make a donation to the local shelter Mm -hmm. or to the survivors of say domestic violence, um, people who are just displaced, you know, how are you giving back and sharing your, uh, prosperity and and appreciation for the community that's helping you grow too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The community thing that that's a big one. I, um, have often thought about that because, there's so many great things that are happening here in Cleveland, and then there's some really bad things too. Like um, lead is a serious issue in the city, mm-hmm. and I think Cleveland is we have we're like number three of, of cities in in the nation in terms of poisoning our children with lead. So we mm-hmm. have businesses coming in, and if they only thought about the fact that there's a community around you. So yes, build your, you know, new apartment buildings or whatever, but look into the community and figure out how you can make some of that hardship go away, especially when you consider lead, because that's like irreversible. 
those yeah. children are forever, you know, damaged brain damage from lead and so I see all these high-rises going up and I you talk about gentrification right I see all that stuff happening and no one's considering the community so what a powerful thing when companies begin to do that more we can make our community a better place for everybody right yeah yeah and the dynamic diversity that happens is honestly um is what helps that that flourish Mm -hmm. that that community and also the organizations that are there it it creates this and i think that's something that gets lost and is sometimes hard to really compute into dollars Mm -hmm. is that um you know that special energy that having this dynamic community brings in and it does really have a monetary gain um to companies and individuals because it does create this space of having this um, beautiful community because it just, when you allow um, different people to be peppered into areas and not just, hey, letting all these developers buy three, four, five lots and throw up either another apartment building or these giant houses or, um, you know, these, these spaces, it allows for people who, you know, maybe aren't necessary, who are on a fixed income, regardless of where they are in their lives. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that, if you have somebody, that's what creates the dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, you're not just in these little boxes, ignoring your neighbors and hoping no one talks to, you know, you leave each other alone. Mm -hmm. The community is the neighbor that's hanging out on, you know, on their front porch, talking to you when you walk by or having a conversation with you when you leave your house, because those are the people like you're all looking out for each other. Mm -hmm. And that's the person that's going to go, Hey, I saw that weird car, like some weird car driving past your house. Um, Is everything okay? Mm -hmm. Do I need to, or if you, even if you just go out of town, you know, they're happy to, to be there and involve themselves in like, Hey, I'll keep an eye on, or I'll, I'll grab your mail for you. Or, and yes, there's, great neighbors and there's not so great neighbors, but even so it creates this beautiful space of, you know, everybody's using these parks now that you've created. Um, and also it, it's that input of like, Hey, we do really need this park over here or, um, you know, it's not so sterilized. It doesn't become, you know, the little boxes on the hillside with everybody having their perfect little lawns and their perfect little, um, you know, fenced in backyards. Mm -hmm. You know, there's somebody down the street that has their garden that's, uh, you know, allow, it just allows anybody in the neighborhood, hey, if you need more tomatoes, come on by, let me know, grab Mm -hmm. what you need. Um, And it really creates this dynamic sense of love and acceptance and community. And that's very, very healthy for everyone involved, including the businesses, large and small, that are physically uh, anchored into that area. So mm-hmm. it's it's very beautiful synergy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, number four. Number four is, uh, you know, your environment, really. It's the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is huge. Uh, you know, being aware of what your um, impact 
is on the planet, both directly, which for some people that's real easy to see because they make a widget or they make a thing and they know they have very clear, like, this is how much we buy. This is what we use. And then this is how much we're throwing away. Um, And this is where our stuff goes, where our water goes, where our trash goes. That's very clear. Um, But I think some of the more um, less tangible things actually, which are becoming more tangible as we're talking about them um, are the people that are virtual, uh, it's happening a lot more now. Um, and, you know, I believe the stats that I saw for maybe 2020, uh, was that overall emissions in the world, um, the power that goes into all of these, not just our own computers, the stuff we're talking on now, but Mm -hmm. the companies that are running that and their buildings that are running that. And it was on par with um, emissions with the airline industry. Um, So it was, especially with Bitcoin and, and, and a lot of those cryptocurrencies, the amount of power it takes to power um, our, all of our electronics is huge. And I think because it's not a direct thing we're throwing in the garbage Mm -hmm. or something that's tangibly getting put into the environment, we kind of forget that there's still an impact there. And even for people who are smaller, you can choose to make decisions um, that benefit the environment, that help Um, You know, whether it's buying credits for something, um, you know, there's always those options within your power company. They have that as well as, um, you know, if you're going on a flight, you can buy carbon offset credits um, if you'd like. I myself, one of the main banks I use um, for my business is um, climate focused. So they plant trees um, and they make sure that their investments as a bank are always getting invested into companies that do not support fossil fuels. They're in more in support of renewable energy mm-hmm. and sustainable practices. Uh, so it's even just little decisions like that that can really help make a bigger difference um, and reduce that impact on your overall environment around you directly and indirectly. Wow. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number five. Um, Number five. And it, it, it kind of falls in line with your employees and your community, your customers, Mm -hmm. you know, how are you as a business owner engaging with your customers? You know, how are you telling your story? Um, And that's something that I know a lot of, of conversations are out there around that. Yeah. Um, But how are you, um, really including them in, um, what you're creating, um, and the value of that. And also, you know, what is, you know, what is your stewardship? So, um, when I talk about that, it's the, you know, kind of the impact of, um, and value that you're creating for your customers. Do you offer warranties? Do you offer guarantees and protections for the things that you're that you're making? Um, do you ask customers if they're satisfied? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you you know do you share what you're doing with your customers with um, you know what's happening in your company? Um, and it can be something as simple as an email to an email list. It can be a report that you put out every year. Um, and 
it can be something along the lines of incorporating them, not just like, hey, how satisfied are you? But having a story of, listen, we have a couple items that we we want to improve ourselves. And so here's three things or five things we've been thinking about focusing on. We'd love your feedback and see what's important to you. You know, would you prefer that we focus on um, more so on reducing our carbon footprint or um, increasing our donations to charity? Um, or, uh, you know, what's, what's something that you would like to see from a company that you give back to, that you, you know, are giving back to by voting for your, uh, the environment and all these things with your dollar. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and really, um, just incorporating that into the fabric of what you're doing, because it doesn't take much more to do that. And it does create that connection there with your customers, because, whether, you know, we like it or not, there are, you know, they're part of the the stakeholders, Mm -hmm. the people that are impacted directly or indirectly by what we are doing. And, um, you know, that's something that's really huge. And if you're maybe a company that does more B2B instead of B2C, Mm -hmm. it still stands. Mm -hmm. It's still valid Mm -hmm. because a lot of companies, I will tell you firsthand, especially this year, um, supplier diversity and f- their focus on equality and inclusion mm-hmm. is blowing up big time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something that they're looking to fulfill and it is something that they are, uh, especially these huge corporations, Target, mm-hmm. Walt Disney, even BP, mm-hmm. they're very serious about making sure that their suppliers that they're doing business with um, that they're investing money into more diverse uh, suppliers, mm-hmm. whether the supplier is providing a service or an item. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even just having a conversation with those companies and going like, hey, I know that you have a goal and you're my customer, you're my client. So how can I create a space where we're working towards the same goal mm-hmm. and both creating a huge benefit for everyone around us as well as for ourselves. Um, and there's a way to really make it a win-win for everyone. <laughs> I, I love that the steps are doable. There's nothing here that is out of reach for most business owners or solopreneurs even. Thank you so much. This was great. Tell yeah. us again how... Uh, We can consult with you because I'm sure there are some questions about, especially I'm really intrigued by the whole banking thing. We got to talk about that offline, about this whole bank that you're using. So tell us again how um, the listeners can reach out to you. Absolutely. So my website is greenherearth.com. So G-R-E-E-N-H-E-R earth.com. And my email is just Cheryl with an S, S S-H-E-R-Y-L, at greenherearth.com. And those are the two best ways to reach me. Um, and I'm I'm all over social media too. So if you take a look, if you're on Instagram a lot and you just search for us at greenherearth.earth, you can find us there as well um, because I'm a big proponent of sharing what I'm doing with, with everyone around me um, and taking them on my journey with me. So yes, that is amazing. And thank you so much for uh, having me on. Thank you, Cheryl. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who's been listening to the podcast and showing us mad love. 
and giving us ratings and subscribing and reviewing. I really appreciate your support. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing.